Hello, this is Julie Ann. Welcome to the podcast show Life with Collective Purpose, about you discovering your higher purpose in life and answering the call for a shared collective healing of the world. Be inspired by our guests that reveal how they made the shift from the individual life purpose to a collective purpose to serve all. If you resonate with the guests of this show, you will be inspired to shift to a life with collective purpose and to answer the call to join our container of bright lights that will shine on the new world. I am a book publisher that has helped over 300 authors to unlock their gift and purpose by sharing their knowledge and wisdom in a book. Many of these thought leaders are now recognizing this transition from the I to the we and their call to be of service. If you need some inspiration to look at your life and understand how you too can make this shift, listen in to our show every week. Join our family as we share our stories and make connections that will help you to live a life with a collective purpose. Hello and welcome to another episode of Life with Collective Purpose. And today I have two very special guests from Australia. Um, I have Audrey O'Donoghue and I have Natalie Gregson. Um, Audrey has written two amazing books and we're in the process of actually writing a third book. And Natalie has been very um, involved in those processes um, as her agent and uh, her developmental uh, content editor. And so welcome both of you from Australia. Thank you, Julie. Wonderful. So let's start with you, Natalie. Maybe you can just say a little bit about how you got involved in this project with Audrey and uh, what the experience has been like for you. And then we're going to uh, ask Audrey um, a little bit about her motivation for writing the book as well. So um, tell us tell us a little bit of background, how you got involved in this wonderful project. Mm, thank you, Julie. Yeah, it's, it's been a wonderful experience. Um, I met or was introduced to Audrey through a friend, a very good friend. And since then, Audrey's also become a very dear friend. Um, I guess the process of, I mean, Audrey's book is just an amazing um, story of an extraordinary woman um, and the life lessons and her perspective that she provides to the reader within the book have given me so many um, insights into different way, a, a different way to um, approach challenges in life that have really uplifted, um, I suppose, my life in general um, and the way that, you know, I navigate through those things um, and just having had the opportunity to get to know Audrey as well. She's just the most amazing woman who provides these great insights into situations where you just, you focus on the micro sometimes 
And then she'll just provide us perspective that will give such a simple solution and resolution to a situation. Um, and that's also encapsulated within the sayings book that is the second book that Audrey's published, um, which will be available from the 22nd of June, which is um, excerpts from her books and a number of additional um, sayings that she I suppose, approaches and, and puts into place um, with her life and the way she navigates things. So just um, an amazing, rich, sage and woman who has many wise words um, that can uplift people's lives and give them a life of meaning. Mm. So wow. yeah, it's just been amazing. It's also been fantastic working with yourself and Anita as well. Um, you've provided so much insight and guidance along the way and support um, and encouragement. Um, and both Audrey and I have really enjoyed working with both of you as well. Oh, that's so nice. Thank yeah. you. I, you know, it's, it's yeah. really amazing when you actually work with somebody um, that is a sage, that is so wise as Audrey, that the experience of working um, and helping with the, the book um, really does affect your life so much and you're able to bring in like you say those life lessons yourself so that's that's yeah. wonderful that you were able to experience it in that way yeah and as well as that it was really amazing because Audrey the introduction of Audrey into my life came at a time where I was facing some challenges myself um, within relationships and her project really gave me um really put me in that place of uplifting my self-esteem, um, providing me with an opportunity to really prove to myself that I was very capable of doing a lot more than where your, my mental state was feeling I was at the time. Um, and it really also supported me in moving through that process in my life that was happening at the time because it was almost like I was being dropped these breadcrumbs of insight of how to navigate or to move through. Um, so that was just fantastic. And it's been amazing also to watch Audrey in the last three, four weeks where she's come across this challenge in her life um, of putting a picture up on a shelf and the chair moving and her falling and breaking her wrist in five places wow. and actually watching her live she really does live through the um, the perspective that she places on life and the lens she looks at it through. And I've watched her adopt every single one of those ways that she speaks of in the book through the way that she's navigated um, her journey through having the operation and her recovery. Um, and yeah, she's just a, a truly inspirational woman. And I feel very... Um, very lucky and privileged to have met her and um, become dear friends um, and work with her through this. And I'm very much looking forward to now working through the process with her of, you know, um, really marketing a book and getting it out there because her wise words of wisdom um, will certainly be an inspiration and a guide and a support for many women of all walks of life. Wow. Oh, Audrey, that is what a beautiful testament that Natalie has just given you. Um, I, I really would love our listeners to, um, to know a little bit more about your life and um, some of the challenges you've had and some of the things that you've done in your life that have 
led you to live your life in this way, to be able to uh, look at life in a very positive way um, and in a very inspiring way for other people. So can you give us a little insight, uh, maybe some of the highlights um, of your life? <laughs> I was born at a very early age, as you know. I had a very authoritarian father and um, I'm not very good at being ordered around or told what to do. I've just never learned how to live with that. <laughs> so life was very challenging right from the beginning. And I think the main thing is that you learn to hold your ground no matter what. The most important thing I found in life is to go on being you no matter what else is going on around you. Mm. You have to put aside all the supposed tos. Somebody <laughs> does something in a certain way, now you're supposed to react in a certain way. And I watch people do this all the time. So I got rid of all the supposed tos or all the got tos <laughs> and just, you know, took things as they came. So I sort of. Uh, you could say, I, although I'm a rebel, I'm a very quiet rebel. I'm not the sort who go around handling, holding placards or anything like that, or being an out-and-out -out assailant. I just very quietly go on doing what I'm doing. And that works because I think, you know, once you decide on something, all you really need to do is think in terms of consequences. So, so you expect the end result and nothing else. Right. I never figure out how I'm going to get where I want to go. I just decide where I want to go. And then I think in terms of end results and you know, the journey automatically unwinds and I get wherever I'm going. <clears throat> the last few weeks, I did not anticipate the floor you know, to be part of my journey, but it was. And I thought, this is interesting. Obviously, you know, I meant to reassemble or rearrange or do something. So I started um, right after that, various things in my house packed up. The, uh, I had to get a new computer, I had to get a new CD player and a DVD player. The washing machine had to be cuddled two or three times. And, um, and I thought, this is all very interesting. And I've been minimalizing as well. Mm -hmm. So all these things have been part of the process. Right. So tell me, you're, you're living in Australia now. Um, yeah. But um, tell me about the journey to um, to move to Australia. What was that like at the time that you did it? Well, I came with my family. I was 15, 15 and a half uh, when we arrived here. And so he decided we were going to move. And I said, no, I don't think so. I don't think I'll go. And he said, you know, you're 15. You do as you're told sort of thing. <laughs> so I, I arrived. And although we covered Australia at school, it was nothing like what I expected. I 
knew what a corroboree was, which was a native dance, and I knew about minerals and farming and things like that. Nobody told me there were any towns and buildings here. I expected to fight off Aboriginals when I arrived, <laughs> which I was quite looking forward to. And uh, it was a shock to find out that it was a perfectly ordinary place. Things were different, of course, and the language was very different. I didn't understand half of what people said in the beginning because I didn't think they spoke English, but they did. They had a, this huge array of slang, slang, which I didn't understand. Like the word dinkum in Australia means honest or honestly. In England, my mother had a hairdressing salon and it was a detergent we used to wash the floor. So when somebody said that's dinkum, you know, you would look at that and go, what? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> so it was all very interesting. And I did various things when I got here. Um, I got a job at a hospital. And then I got a job on the switchboard there. And then I moved to the PMG department. And then I moved into uh, an accountant's office and then into a real estate office and gradually began to master all these things. And finally, one day when some people came in wanting to build a house, the person who was looking after them had gone home early because his son had broken his back on a Boy Scout exercise. And so I, I was told to help them out. Well, I couldn't even read a plan in those days, but I thought, oh, well, let's have a go. So I went to the plan cabinet and they just kept looking and saying, no, no, this is not what I want, until I finally said, okay, let's sit down and find out what you do want. And that list of finding out what was needed or wanted became my stable datum for the job that I did. I took over as a building designer within about a month because all of a sudden I plugged into a past life as an architect, although I didn't know what had happened at the time. I suddenly knew everything to do. And I just sort of went along with that, not talking about it to anyone else. And... Um, and that lasted for many years until finally one person said to me, what am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about that? All these items that had to go into the house. And I said, well, you need an interior designer. And he said, what does an interior designer do? So I thought about that and I began to list all the things I thought an interior designer should do. And he said, well, you seem to know all about it, so why can't you do it for me? And I thought, oh, my God, okay. So I, I became an interior designer. <laughs> it sounds like you, you've been uh, very uh, adaptable in your life, adapting to you know change, adapting to new challenges. And, and your book, um, A Life of Enlightenment, is full of so much wisdom. What, what was it that made you want to write the book? What, what was your motivation to write the book and to, um, to leave a, a legacy of, of your wise words? What, what, what made you want to do that? Well, you see, I didn't know I was wise for a start. 
people would tell me things. Uh, and and after a while, um, they would say, you know, why don't you write a book? And I'd say, oh, well, you know, I'm busy. And they'd say, no, you should write a book. And most of my friends, when I would say something, which to me was perfectly ordinary remark, they said, there's one that should be in your book. And they would record it or they would write it down because uh, I would forget about it within a minute or so. And, and I suddenly realized one day that wisdom does no good kept to oneself. It should yes. be shared. And so I thought, well, when I've got time, I will write the book. But in the meantime, I did a lot of counseling. And I found that people could only ask a question to what they already knew was the answer, because otherwise it would never occur to them. And so if someone asked me a question, I would just guide them to the fact that they already knew the answer. I would just ask them questions and they would arrive at the answer. And they would think I was very wise when in actual fact wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> and I am quite an expert at this. And um, so it sort of evolved from there. And then there was this, you know, in the back of Life of Enlightenment, there are some wisdom quotes which are taken from the book. And then I was told that I should have a different book full of these things, to which I groaned and said, well, I've got to write volume two for volume one yet. And they said, well, I needed to do this. So I dropped what I was doing there and got onto this. And now that's finished. And I think there's about a hundred pages of wisdom quotes, most of which most people have never heard of before. So they're not anything that's new. They have things, you know, <clears throat> a podiatrist said to me the other day, you know, that, that I think I'm suffering from the broken heart. And I said to him, well, that's very interesting because hearts don't break. They stretch with exercise. And he sat back on his heels and looked at me and said, hang on, I want to write that down. So he wrote it down. And then he said, I have to think about that. And I said, that's a very good idea. And there are things like this, you see, that happen all the time at checkout counters or everywhere that I go, people give me all the right cues. You yes. see, and I say things and they stare at me and then say, oh, I'm so on and so i feel if people get a new look at something that is more positive than the one they have that i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing beautiful teaching makes me smile the most you know i teach people only to do what makes them smile that's so and beautiful. most people i know have adopted that phrase now i'll say to them <laughs> Do you want to do this? No, it doesn't make me smile. And I'll say, okay. And, <laughs> and it's become a way of life for most people that I know. What a beautiful, what a beautiful uh, way to live your life that you should only do something if it makes you smile. I, I think, Audrey, that's a that's a beautiful way to uh, to finish off this interview. Um, our mm -hmm. audience, please listen to Audrey's wise words. 
and don't do something unless it makes you smile. <laughs> I'm going to remember that one, Audrey, and I think that's that's very beautiful. Um, I am very much looking forward to the book launch uh, for A Life of Enlightenment and uh, a week later, uh, the sayings book that you were just talking about, which has these little wise sayings, which I think would be so beautiful, um, like a coffee table book, because it has these beautiful flower uh, illustrations around them as well. And I feel like it's this sort of conversation piece where you could leave this little book on your coffee table. And when you have friends around, you can pick it up and you can open the book um, and you can discuss some of these little uh wise sayings. So I, I think that's very beautiful. Um, for those people that are interested in the launch information, um, you can go to influencepublishing.com um, dash Audrey dash O'Donoghue. Um, if you go to the tab that says authors, you will see that Audrey has all the information about her books that she's launching. And um, I'm very excited, Audrey, that we're also going to be working on a third book together. And, uh, and I can't wait to get started on that. So I know we're going to be spending a lot more time together. And uh, for our listeners, this is your first introduction to Audrey um, and a little insight to her wisdom. And, uh, and Audrey, we will be inviting you back on this show so that we can talk more um, about your third book as well. So thank you so much for joining us from Australia. And uh, we will all be uh, in touch um, to find out more about all of your books. And uh, is there any last words that you would like to say for uh, your audience? I think mostly just be, go on being you and enjoy your life. How beautiful. What a lovely mm -hmm. way to end this interview. Just enjoy being you. And that's the best way to live your life. And don't do anything unless mm. it makes you smile. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you Thank so you much for, for joining me, Audrey. Uh, it was wonderful to talk to you. And uh, we will be talking soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to step into your higher collective purpose in life, head over to www.influencepublishing.com and claim your free two-hour webinar on unlocking your story and discover a family of support and love to help you embrace the collective call to purpose. Please go to iTunes to like, subscribe, and review so we can spread this message. You can also find us on YouTube and Facebook. Please share this episode with someone you think can benefit and have a positive impact on their life. Until the next time, live a life with collective purpose.